listening to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. David is a speaker, author, businessman, former pastor, and founding director of Youth of a Mission, Montana. We believe that God is at work, constantly tugging at our hearts, working in and through relationship around us. Join us as we dive into a new devotional, as David shares a lifetime of personal moments and hopes to inspire you to see God the Father at work in your own moments. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of In Moments Like These. As we stood in front of the ancient structure on a spring morning in 2008, while listening to our talented and most expressive tour guide unveil in detail the history behind the site, I couldn't help but feel a little disturbed inside. Because the history behind the site had some disturbing aspects to it. Kathy and I and our two dear friends, Jack and Lori Anderson, had left the island of Cozumel very early that day on a boat that took about a hundred of us across some 15 miles of some fairly rough ocean waters to the east coast of the Yucatan Peninsula in southern Mexico. After deboarding, we took an hour and a half long bus ride inland to the ancient city of Chichen Itza, a major complex of Mayan ruins. The Maya was a Mesoamerican civilization that lived in southern Mexico and northern Central America from as early as 2500 BC and was noted for the only known, fully developed written language of the pre-Columbian Americas, as well as for its art, architecture, mathematics, its calendar, and its astronomical systems. And now, the four of us stood in the center of this former capital city once the major center of political and economic power of the Maya civilization. And as we stood there, our eyes were captivated by a structure that completely dominates the entire archaeological site. In 2007, it was officially registered as one of the seven new wonders of the world. It was a Mesoamerican four-sided step pyramid with a very pronounced temple at its top, the Temple of Kukulkan. Built by the Maya civilization sometime between the 8th and 9th centuries AD, the edifice served as a temple to the so-called deity Kukulkan, the Yucatec Maya feathered serpent. One of many such serpent creatures, by the way, that had been and still are deified in cultures all around the world. I'll put a short hold on my story at this point, and I'm gonna say the very first thing that comes to my mind next, and it's this. Our God can deal with civilizations. And when he decides it's time for a civilization, an empire, a kingdom, a nation, or any other power system to go under, all he has to do, as the prophet Isaiah told us in our last episode, All God has to do is, quote, stretch forth his hand, and no one can turn it back. Isaiah 14, 27. I also quoted King David again. As I read the first few verses of Psalm 92, we heard David praising God for his deep, his most ingenious 
thoughts and for his great works. This inspirational psalm was written to remind us that our loving God is in control, that he is the author of our past and he is the author of our future. And today, I want to go back once more to Psalm 92, to the finishing verses of that short but most encouraging chapter. Listen now as I read about some of the things our heavenly author has written about our future. I'll begin at verse 7. Quote, Though the wicked sprout like weeds and evildoers flourish, they will be scattered and they will be destroyed forever. But you, O Lord, will be exalted forever. Your enemies, O Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. Did you hear that? The evildoers will be scattered. Now hear verses 12 and 13. Quote, But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. So the weeds will be completely removed. The evil will be scattered. And the godly, us sons and daughters, are gathered. We are gathered and transplanted. Transplanted where? Into the very courts of his kingdom, where we thrive like palm trees and grow strong like cedar trees. And I've really been looking forward to sharing these next and final verses from Psalm 92, because I believe these two verses serve as a specific word of the Lord for those of you who, like me, are living beyond middle age. Here it is. Please hear these words and please receive these words. Psalm 92, 14 and 15. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green, and they will declare that the Lord is just. He is my rock. Did those words make you smile? I hope they did. Because my dear friend, our loving Father still has more ahead for you and me. This is also our season, our season to thrive and grow even more in the courts of his kingdom. Because of this week's subject, and especially because of the last two verses we just read, I can't help but think of one of my most favorite people in all the Bible, Caleb. I think of this man so often, strong and thriving when he was a young man, strong and thriving in his old age. Caleb, as you probably remember, is best known as one of the twelve that Moses chose to spy on the land of Canaan before the Israelites were supposed to enter the land. Upon their return, Caleb and Joshua were the only two of the twelve who trusted God to go into Canaan and to win the battle. It was forty-year-old Caleb and Joshua who tore their clothes and yelled out these words to the Israelites. The land we passed through and explored is a wonderful land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Don't rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are helpless prey to us. They have no 
protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Numbers 14, 7 through 10. The Israelites wouldn't listen. And of all the living adults at that time, only Caleb and Joshua would live long enough to one day enter the land on the day when a fully armored 85-year-old Caleb would say these words to Joshua. You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So, on that day Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time that he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me the hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and that their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me I will drive them out, just as he said. Joshua 14, 6-15 Who was Caleb? As God said, quote, My servant Caleb has a different spirit, and he follows me wholeheartedly. Caleb was all in with his trust in God when he was young. He was all in when he was old. He trusted God to stretch forth his hands and to bring down nations to scatter and destroy evil kingdoms, to collapse ancient stone walls. He trusted the only true God to bring him into and to make him thrive and grow stronger in the courts of his God's kingdom. Our scholarly Mexican tour guide concluded his story with something like this. The pyramid temple that we faced that spring day had once served as the life and the sacrificial death center for a powerful civilization that would one day be no more. It would be gone, its people scattered. And that had me really thinking. Our God in heaven had stretched forth his hand and just as our tour guide put it, overnight, all of its citizens had suddenly vanished leaving everything in their homes behind them." End quote. And this once deified structure surrounded by its sinister sacred courts would be covered up and buried. It would be many centuries later before it would finally be discovered all alone in its ruins and completely swallowed up by a more dominant master, a Mexican jungle. Dear friend, We need to be Caleb's in this hour. We can be. All we need to do is to carry a different spirit than those who live in fear and to follow and trust our God wholeheartedly. To trust 
that he will deal with those who oppose him and his truths. Rejoice, dear friend. We are not subjects of an evil system that will fall. We are followers of Jesus, and our citizenship is defined by him. And our residence is in the courts of his kingdom. Dear Lord Jesus, the very moment you raised up from the dead and conquered the enemy, the doors to your courts blew open by a mighty wind, and the children of your Father began crossing over the River Jordan again. From all over the world, the Holy Spirit began bringing them home, home to the courts of your kingdom. Open up our eyes, dear Jesus, all of our eyes, to see the great homecoming that's taking place on this earth, and then hear your people sing. Let it be. Thank you for listening to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. And we hope that this podcast and this episode can be another tool and resource to help you in this walk of faith. If this podcast has made a difference in your life, we would love to hear from you. Visit us online at inmomentslikethese.com. That's inmomentslikethese.com.